Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're back in the archive checking out this episode. I wanted to give you a heads up that while the episode you're about to hear may be a little bit older, we still stand behind all of our advice and actionable takeaways. However, we may mention resources that are no longer available. The best way to get our up-to-date resources is going to feelgoodretail.com slash podcast and checking out what we have there. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to Retail for the Rest of Us, a podcast for indie retailers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Retail for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Janine Malone, founder of Feel Good Retail and the indie brand cheerlead captain of your dreams. (laughs) I am thrilled to welcome you back. Thank you so much for the warm welcome back to the land of podcasting. I am so pleased um, that we've gotten so many sweet comments about our first episode and the theme of this season about being resourced in retail and how to explore that not only from, you know, the financial lens, but also a lens of taking care of yourself and having the energy, the creativity, the psychic ability, the desire to keep going. Because let's be real, sometimes it can be a little tricky. So thank you for that. I realized I neglected to mention in episode one of this season that our show is now bi-weekly. That means we're going to show up every other week in your feed. Your girl just needed a little more spaciousness for this season to come through. And I really think it will be worth it. It'll allow us to kind of dive deeper, soak things in a little bit more, let them ruminate and get kind of like juicy and vibrant and flavorful before I bombard you with my next idea. (laughs) So in case you were wondering last week where the hell I was, you probably weren't. But in case you were, I'm right here. And I'm just going to be showing up every other week now. So you have some time, soak in, re-listen, take our quiz, do all the things. I'm very excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking about data and analytics, and we're going to make it fun. (laughs) I promise. Basically, my hot take of the episode is that analytics can be a form of self-care for shopkeepers, and I'm going to make my case. So before we get into that, I do have a little bit of housekeeping, just kind of some fun resources that we have available to you that I want to take the time to tell you about. So number one, this season, as we've made clear, if you listen to our first episode, We want to help you decide how to spend your precious resources. So if you go to feelgoodretail.com slash quiz, you're going to see our sustainable sales quiz. And in just a few minutes, like I think Typeform was telling me it takes less than two minutes for people to fill this out, you will have an area of business to focus on, as well as 11 suggestions from us on how to get started directly in your inbox. So specifically based on the results of this quiz, you're going to get some of our favorite strategies to help you start brainstorming, start experimenting, start playing with 
growing that area of your business. And so it's really fun. We've gotten a great response so far. I think we have over 30 or 40 participants, which is super cool because I've only talked about it on the podcast. And I'd love to see you in there and see what you get and see how we can support you. This is also going to be really helpful for us because we're going to be able to see what results are coming up and what kind of free resources or low cost resources we can create in the future to support the most of you, right? So it's awesome. And again, that's feelgoodretail.com slash quiz to take the quiz. And you'll get that result really quickly as well as an email from us to get started. And I love getting responses to emails. So if you get your result and you're like, ooh, that sounds cool. I want to try that hit that reply button and let me know because I want to see what you're up to and I want to be able to cheer you on. Number two of our housekeeping section. (laughs) We want to hear from you. We have set up a little voicemail box for this season because we want to hear how you think about being resourced in running your business, right? It could be a favorite self-care trick. It could be a ritual you do for yourself, a growth hack, a book you loved, just an exploration on like what makes you feel good while you're running your shop. So you can leave us a little voicemail by clicking the link in the show notes. There's no phone call necessary. It's just a little record button, kind of like you're sending a voice note to your BFF, me, your podcast BFF. And that voicemail box is also linked on our podcast page, which is feelgoodretail.com slash podcast. And yeah, we're hoping to pull together a community episode at the end of the season. And we would love to have you involved. We would love to highlight you. So if you have any thoughts or ideas or musings on what being resourced in retail looks, feels, smells, sounds, tastes like, leave us a voice note. We would absolutely love that. And again, it's linked in the show notes and you can also find it at feelgoodretail.com slash podcast. And our final update is that we are preparing for our spring cohort of Feel Good Foundations, which is our extensive eight-week course to help you build the systems and strategies that will grow alongside your shop. So this might be our final cohort of the year. Um, We have some big plans for Feel Good Retail in 2022 and even early 2023. So if you're interested in learning more and jumping on the wait list for early bird pricing, head over to feelgoodretail.com slash foundations. You can read all about the course itself, as well as sign up for the wait list to get that exclusive early access, special bonuses. Of course, signing up for a waitlist does not mean that you are obligated to purchase, but it's definitely the best way to get more information. So love to see you in there. Would love to have you on this course. We're just wrapping up our winter cohort right now, and it has been such an amazing group. Inside the course, we have live Q&As. We have a Slack channel where we get to shout each other out, share wins, ask questions in real time, and get support from me and our team directly. And I will say, throughout this last cohort, I added a lot of extra content in there. There's like a bonus training about Pinterest. There's a bonus training about newsletters. There's a really (laughs) intense deep dive into how I do our content marketing for like our one-on-one clients who are scaling significantly. So that's a big peek behind the curtain. But anyways, it's a really fun course. It's an awesome group of people. It's really supportive. You have access forever to all the resources. And again, if you're interested in learning more, those doors are opening soon. If you're listening to this in real time, which is around the end of March, 2022. 
can head over to feelgoodretail.com slash foundations to join the waitlist and learn more about that. So that's enough for housekeeping. Let's get into today's episode where my hot take is that tracking your data is actually self-care. Can I make this argument? Let's see. All right, friends, so let's talk about numbers. I want to start this episode by saying, you know, numbers can be intimidating. I think that there's a lot of emotion, of course, that goes into jumping into analytics. I think that there's a lot of stigmas around being a creative person. And if you're creative, it means you might not be good with numbers or stats or money. I'm not going to totally try to dispel those things today because that could be an entire episode in and of itself. But I do want to help us reframe the idea of looking at our numbers as neutral, right? So the working theory (laughs) behind my way of thinking about stats and numbers and diving into Google Analytics and, you know, being in the back end of your site and looking at your financial reports is that your analytics tell the story of your business. Your numbers tell the story of your business and tracking your data is actually going to help you focus. You can kind of think of it as if you are someone who has anxiety about your numbers or is worried that you're going to uncover something really scary. Feeling anxious about your numbers and looking at your numbers directly kind of gives me the same energy of when you're like waiting for someone to text you back, whether you're kind of in an argument, or maybe you like went on a date and you're waiting to hear from them. And you see that name pop up and you're so scared to open it that you kind of like sit in that anxiety when actually the answer and clarity is like just a click away. So clarity is right in front of you. And instead of doing the scary thing and ripping the Band-Aid, which again, I don't want to downplay the anxiety that goes into like going from like squinting to opening your eyes to stare at something directly, like that is stressful. But suffering in that anxiety of like, what does that message say for hours or days or weeks? (laughs) If you're kind of like an anxious attached person like I am, it can be really debilitating, right? It takes up a lot of mental space when, again, the problem can be solved by just looking at it. So that's a little bit how I feel about numbers. And when I'm talking about your numbers, I'm talking both about financial numbers, you know, like your finances, your expenses, your cost of goods sold, all that kind of stuff, which spoiler alert, we are going to have an episode where I talk to my bookkeeper, Jackie from Simply Accounting Services, who is amazing. And I've recommended her to, I think, almost a dozen clients at this point about kind of the financial side of it. So today we're going to be talking about like your analytics around sales. But either way, your numbers are neutral. They aren't good. They aren't bad. They don't define you as a person or as a business owner. They present information 
And in our opinion, they always emphasize possibilities. They always highlight opportunities. And maybe that's, you know, rose-colored glasses, glass half full, um, optimistic, (laughs) which is okay. Because once you know what you're working with, you're able to focus even more acutely on the areas of your business that need that support. So on this podcast, we've talked many times about numbers, right? There's a date with your data. There's an episode called Retail's Magic Numbers. And today I want to really dive into what those numbers mean and what ranges you should be looking to hit. And if you see an issue or if you are uncovering the area that you can focus on, I want to give you some ideas of how you can start thinking about activating and focusing and strategizing around increasing that specific KPI, as they would say in marketing, key performance indicator. Again, here we call them retail's magic numbers. You can call them analytics. You can call them whatever you'd like. But as a refresher, the numbers that we look at when it comes to building sustainable sales strategies, building specific goals, those numbers are your traffic, how many people visited you, conversion rate, how many of those people purchased, average order value, how much did they spend. So it's hard to do this in a um, audio format, but your traffic divided by your conversion rate multiplied by your average order value equals your total sales. Meaning that each of those stats is critical to your growth and has is a lever that you can pull, right? There's opportunity inside of each of those numbers. And like I've said many times, the idea of just saying I want to grow my sales and not looking more granularly into these three numbers at least is going to have you kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're not really knowing where to focus because sales is a collaboration, let's say, of these three numbers. And so in order to increase your sales, it's actually easier and more strategic and more you're able to analyze better when you're focusing on one specific stat. So today I want to talk about what those numbers are and some ideas of when you should focus on them and how to get started brainstorming. And again, I want to take this to a perspective that's really more about this like intuitive analytics lens where you're taking the cold hard facts that are morally neutral, emotionally neutral, right? Your numbers are just your numbers and add to it an opportunity for you to access that like creative visionary CEO level of thinking where you're taking the stat that is neutral, right? You're looking at your traffic numbers. And if that is something you want to work on, how can you tap into like, all right, what's a cool creative way we can drive traffic? And I actually think that those parameters allow us to be more creative, allow your intuition as a business owner and as a creative and as a visionary and as someone who is creating and running and in collaboration with their own business I actually think that that's a really special space that you can carve out for yourself. So that's what we're getting into. It's not going to be scary. I promise. It's going to be really gentle. 
But if you're someone who is avoidant when it comes to looking at your numbers, I hope this episode inspires you to take a deep breath, unclench your jaw, open Google Analytics, and face that information. And know that nothing scary is going to happen. Stat number one, magic number number one is traffic. How many people visit your shop? This number is really going to vary based on the form that your business takes. So like e-commerce numbers versus brick and mortar. And if you're a brick and mortar shop, that's also going to take into account your location. So for example, you might be on a really busy street corner. In Boston, there's a street called Newbury Street. It was, it's not really anymore, but it was like the street where people went to shop. When I worked at shops on Newbury Street, their traffic was always really high and their conversion rate was pretty low because it's a lot of tourists, it's people like bopping around, waiting for lunch, etc. However, if you're more of a destination shop, then your traffic may be a little bit lower, right? So getting a sense of your overall traffic and using the information that you have based on the location that you selected, <laughs> that will be helpful. And then in terms of online, also going to vary pretty significantly. To give you a little bit of insight, the clients that I work with who are significantly growing online, so let's say they have multiple six figures in e-commerce business alone every year, they typically are ranging between 20 and 25,000 sessions per month. So Again, that's something that you can find in Google Analytics. Um, But just to give you a sense of like, okay, where am I at in terms of traffic? Because that's a number that's going to be unique to your shop, to your location, and to your form. But in general, I think tracking traffic can be really eye-opening for retailers. Obviously, if you have Google Analytics set up or if you're using, you know, a platform like Shopify, there's going to be online traffic counters sort of built in to that platform. Looking at them regularly (laughs) is your homework if you're an e-commerce business. Um, If you're a brick and mortar shop, then, you know, this is going to be a little bit of extra work, but I really, really believe it's worth it. And from the retailers that I have convinced to start tracking, um, they have said that it's also been really eye-opening for things like staffing, setting your store hours, planning events, estimating when you have time to maybe sneak in a little bit of work (laughs) while you're working the sales floor or finally getting that re-merchandising done. So tracking traffic has a lot of other benefits beyond just like the stats part of it. So high key recommend. If you are a brick and mortar shop owner, I recommend getting one of those little tickers like bouncers at a club use. (laughs) It's like a little silver um, silver counter. Or you can use an app like Tally that allows you to easily count traffic on your phone. So there are more high-tech sensors that you can get on your front door, but they are really costly and aren't able to separate like you walking in and out versus a staff member versus a customer. So I like the good old-fashioned just count. You can also use a Post-it. <laughs> Um, so I mean, in my opinion, with brick and mortar tracking, it really doesn't have to be perfect. Perfection is not the goal here. 
but we are looking for a general sense of your foot traffic so that we can see day over day, week over week, month over month, and just overall an average so that you can understand, is this something I need to work on and increase? So what happens if you look at your traffic and you're like, hmm, that feels like it could be a little bit higher. I don't feel like we are seeing enough people walk through the door that at our current conversion rate, we could hit our goal. So that could mean maybe you have an incredible conversion rate, which we'll get to in a second. If you have a healthy conversion rate, then odds are you need to increase your traffic in order to make more sales while maintaining your conversion rate. Does that make sense? So if we all know, everyone who walks in the doors, everyone who comes to our website does not make a purchase. If only, right? If only we all had 100% conversion rates. There is a certain percentage of people who are going to come in who are going to make that purchase. And so that requires a certain number of traffic in order to kind of filter out how many transactions that's going to look like. So as an example, let's say you have your an online business and your conversion rate is 2.5%, which is excellent. So you're like, I know my conversion rate is good. Something once if I can get people to the site 2.5%, which I know sounds low, but is actually incredibly good for e-commerce, then I need to get more people visiting because if I only have a hundred people who come to the site, that means only two and a half, let's say three, people are checking out. And three transactions is probably not the goal that you want to be hitting. So can I increase my traffic to let's say a thousand while maintaining that two or two and a half percent conversion rate, which would then be 250 orders, right? So that's kind of how all of these numbers work together. Sorry if that was a little bit in the weeds, but I think it can be helpful. So If that's what you're looking at, if you're looking at your numbers and you're like, my average order value is great, my conversion rate's healthy, I just need to get more traffic, here are some of the things you can start to think about. What gets people to take action? So again, this is going to change based on the form that your business takes. So in person, can you throw an event? Can you have one of your vendors pop up? Can you have some kind of special in-store incentive, a gift with purchase, a, you know, yoga class in the morning. Um, You know, there's a lot of opportunity to think like, what is special enough that it's going to motivate people to come in, right? That's the area that you're creating. That's the space that you're carving out to play within is like, what would get my people, my ideal customers super excited? And sometimes the way to answer that is like, what would make me get really excited? What would I put on my calendar and make sure I visited? What would I want to explore in person? What's an event I would RSVP to? What is a link I would click on? How, what would excite me, right? You can also, of course, work on things if you're e-commerce based related to content, having a blog, working on your SEO, having your social media pushed back to your site. Those kind of things really do drive traffic and visibility is something that is getting really challenging using things like Instagram. So doubling down on platforms like Pinterest, things like SEO, so that you're showing up in search, um, all sorts of 
kind of less sexy, maybe, <laughs> solutions. I think Instagram is like a really fun one, and we're all really used to it. But there are a lot of other ways to drive just like digital eyeballs to your website. And lastly, like what kind of collaborations can you do? Whose audience can you sort of borrow? Who could you work with to expand your reach, right? And I think there's a lot of juicy goodness that can be explored if you think if the question you're answering is not how do I make more sales, but it's how do I get more traffic? Because once I get the traffic, I know I can close the deal, right? So that's number one, traffic. Number two that we're going to talk about intuitive analytics is your conversion rate. We have a pretty great blog post about this, I must say. We'll link that in the show notes. And this is one that there is a pretty good and clear range that you want to be looking within. So for brick and mortar, a good conversion rate is between 25 and 35%. So of 100 people who come into your shop, 25 or 35 are purchasing. A great conversion rate is 35 to 50%. And an amazing conversion rate is over 50%. So if that's what you're noticing once you start tracking your traffic, and again, you don't need to look at this exactly day by day. It can be helpful over time. But to get started, just look at it month over month. How am I converting the traffic that I get into store? And so if you're seeing you're at that like 35 to 50, like, damn, you're sailing, you're doing great. If it's under 25, it might be time to focus on How can we close the deal, essentially? Um, And with e-commerce, much lower. I think these numbers tend to blow people's minds because it feels so low. I cannot tell you the number of times that we have retailers come to us and they're like, oh my God, my conversion rate is trash. And it's like one and a half percent. And I'm like, that's actually good, right? So to give you a sense for e-commerce, a good conversion rate is between one and one and a half percent. A great conversion rate is between 2 and 3%, and an amazing conversion rate is over 3%. So that's not a lot, right? You have to do a lot more work online to get people to trust you, to under, to like you, to know that you exist. Um, and it's very rare in an e-commerce experience that someone comes to the site and makes a purchase on their first visit. So there's a lot more traffic in order to get that same single purchase. Whereas in store, people don't usually like come back and visit things, right? Like they're in, they're walking around, they're hanging out, they see something, they like it, they buy it immediately. E-commerce is a little bit of a different beast. So when you think about conversion rate, you're thinking about like, okay, once they're here, not like once they're in my audience or like vaguely aware that my brand exists. Once they are here, they're in, the call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) Are they purchasing? So again, think about that as your little playground. How can we get the traffic that we have to see the value of what we're selling, right? So that could be things like merchandising, right? How you lay out your store, how you lay out your site, how you categorize things, How do you help a user or a client or a customer understand the breadth of what you offer, the value, the intention? That can be a really fun thing to play with. Customer service, customer experience is also super critical. Like, are you providing 
great customer service? Are you available to be friendly but not overbearing? Do you have a chat function on your website? Do you have enough information on your product pages to give people a real understanding of what they're buying, you know, and who they're buying from? Also, is there a way that you can build in social proof or trust, right? It's great to hear that you love the product. You're the owner. You might be the maker of that product. But do you have reviews? Do you have testimonials? Do you have Google reviews? Like, how can you, again, utilize the customer base that you already have to build trust in the eyes of your maybe new customers? So conversion rate is something totally different from traffic, right? You can kind of start to see those tactics for growing your conversion rate are so different than the ones that grow traffic. And this is why it can be really critical to, again, get granular, get a little bit deeper, pull up a little microscope to your numbers and dig in because this will help your strategy be super creative and super targeted, right? Which is what we want with these intuitive analytics. And lastly, we've got your average order value. So essentially, how much are people buying? (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely not a standard number here because it's going to totally depend on your shop selection and every shop selection is going to vary. But you can ask yourself, what is the average price point generally of the shop? And you'll want your average order value to be somewhere between one and one and a half times that number, right? Another number that can be useful to look at in tandem with average order value is the items per transaction. So That's not necessarily how much they're spending. It's how many individual items are being purchased. So again, are people buying one item? Are they buying multiple things? This number will clearly affect your average order value if people are buying multiple items versus one. And again, there's not necessarily a good or bad items per transaction, but think about how you buy, right? When you're buying product, when you're creating product, when you're curating product, Are you thinking to yourself, this is a collection where people, you want people to be coming in and maybe you're a clothing store and you want them ideally to be getting a couple of things, right? Really working with a stylist or a sales staff and refurbishing their closet, you know, one outfit at a time. Or are you a gift shop where people are maybe buying, you know, a handful of cards, handful of gifts at once or vice versa, You know, are people coming in and they're buying that one special piece of time? And that's just something to take into consideration for you to be able to assess if you think your average order value is healthy or not. Usually, I recommend that clients start focusing on either traffic or conversion rate first. Average order value is admittedly a little bit more challenging number to shift. And in order to shift it, there tend to be more like promotional approaches. So, you know, your price point is your price price point. Your price point is your price point. And odds are you really don't want to change your selection drastically. But still, if you're like, my traffic's good, my conversion rate's good. And I'm just not seeing that people are buying as much as I expect them to or not buying in the price point that I was expecting them to. Then you can start thinking about things like incentives, bundling, Again, merchandising comes into play here. You can have things on your website that make suggestions. Um, Having those personal recommendations can be really helpful. That's another 
opportunity to explore customer service. Things like free shipping thresholds can be great for e-commerce sites. If you spend $150, you get free shipping. Um, Again, all of those things come with a bit of a cost associated. But I think with average order value, that's usually the last number we're looking at. And we're more just tracking it over time to get a sense of what that average is, because it will feed our other numbers, right? Once we understand setting our goals, if we get, let's go back to that first example, 10,000 visits a month, we have an awesome two and a half percent conversion rate online. And let's say our average order value is $50. Let me do that math quick. (laughs) So a thousand times 2.5 is 250 orders. And if your average order value was $50, then that's $12,500 that you're generating in business. So $12,500 might be great. That might be exactly what you're aiming for. But let's say you're actually aiming for $15,000. Well, odds are you're not drastically shifting your average order value, especially in a month. So $15,000 divided by your average order value, $50, is $300 right? So you need 300 orders, not 250. And let's say you're really focused on driving traffic right now, you have an insight as to how you can do that, how you can put a little gasoline on that traffic fire really easily. So you know, okay, I'm going to maintain or try to maintain that two and a half percent conversion rate. So that's 300, 300 orders, divided by 0.025, which is your conversion rate, And that's 12,000 visits that you need to get. So now your new goal is to get that extra lift of 2,000 visits over the 10,000 that you got previously. I know doing math in audio format is like not cute, but I think it's really helpful to sort of start to understand how those numbers are in relationship. They are not siloed. They actually work together and will allow you to come up with different paths to hit your goal based on the strategies you love, the things you want to create, the incentives or programs or events or new products that you know your customers are going to love because you know them. That is where your intuition gets to play with those numbers. And without turning into like that total like math meme, (laughs) it's like there's just like numbers and stats everywhere, which is maybe how I feel about this episode in a good way. Just know that you have the power to put the pedal to the metal and change those numbers. All you need to do is carve out that playground for yourself to ask the question, what would make me visit a shop? What would make me purchase? What makes me purchase? What makes me spend a little bit more money? You know, like how can I kind of take a critical eye to what I respond to or what you think your customers will respond to or what they have responded to in the past and applying that to your business based on your creative vision for your brand. There's not a roadmap to sales success because each business is going to be different. And anyone who tells you that like there's one strategy to grow is not taking into account the uniqueness of your business. Again, you've heard me say it multiple times in this episode. It depends. 
It depends. It depends on what feels good to you. It depends on what you're excited to make. That's going to always be the most magnetic. It depends on your values and your vision and your resources, right? So I think that by allowing yourself to think of analytics as the book that tells the story of your business, you are able to sit down and take that story and change it. And by doing that, you are being strategic. (laughs) That's what strategy is, right? It's a series of educated guesses based on numbers, based on your vision, and based on how you want to serve your customers. Simply. So I hope this episode demystified and made you feel more confident, at least starting to take those numbers and do something with them. I think a lot of the anxiety that retailers have around numbers comes from a place of thinking, well, now what? Right? Ugh. Well, I don't feel good now. I looked at this number and it made me feel bad. It made me feel like I'm disillusioned. It made me feel like I'm not good at my job. And I hope that this episode gave you a little bit of a toolkit to be able to take those numbers and take action on them, right? That's what we want to do. So I want you to open up Google Analytics, even if you're like, shit, I don't have Google Analytics set up. First, go set up Google Analytics. (laughs) Start tracking that traffic and see what you uncover and try to be gentle with yourself in the process. It's all information. Basically, in summation, we want running and growing your shop to feel good, obviously. And being able and willing to replicate success, to craft strategy, to build systems, and to fundamentally take care of yourself as an entrepreneur is high priority for us at Feel Good Retail. We will be getting way more into the nitty gritty of sales strategy, of resources, and talking to a lot of interesting people about their take on those exact topics this season. But for now, I hope that you are feeling hyped, are ready to take some action to maybe combat some of those common mistakes and pitfalls for indie retailers, and are thinking about resourcing your business in a new way, right? It's not just money. (laughs) It's money, but it's not money. You know what I mean? So I'm so happy you joined us. I can't wait to talk to you next week and share our next episode. In the meantime, if you would like to leave a review, we would be so, so grateful. It helps other indie retailers just like you find us in the sea of podcasts that exist on Spotify and Apple. Thank you so much for being here. Cheers to feeling good. Retail for the Rest of Us is a podcast by Feel Good Retail. If you'd like to learn more about how we can help you scale and grow your shop in a way that, well, feels good, you can visit us at feelgoodretail.com. The show is produced by Softer Sound Studio. And if you'd like to support our independently run, woman-powered podcast, you can leave us a five-star review, take a screenshot, share it to social media, tell your shop BFFs, or join our retail resource library, a communal space for indie retailers to access resources and tools that will support their shops. For just $5 a month, you can not only support the show, but get access to an archive of our most popular resources and exclusive seasonal content. We'd love to see you in there. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Cheers to feeling good.